Welcome to the Teams with Edge podcast with me, your host, Ashley Livingstone. I'm an entrepreneur, leader, passionate community advocate, and at the end of the day, I'm a human being who loves to learn, be creative, and who admittedly makes mistakes along the way. Over the past 18 years, I've worked with a lot of leaders and teams, and while many have thrived, some have faltered or even become well, toxic. And I've realized this is not unique to me. In fact, we've all been there. So I'm on a mission to help leaders become the leaders they want to be, to create a thriving, sustainable culture, which inspires their team and helps them and their businesses succeed. This show will offer insights and interviews with various like-minded leaders who are all inspiring their teams, having those uncomfortable conversations, investing in development, and building a culture of gratitude and value. They're making an impact every day. My goal is to motivate you to think about the type of leader you most desire becoming and inspire you to connect, engage, and develop your teams ultimately showing up for them so they show up for you building intentional conscious leadership we can totally do this all right let's go welcome everyone to this week's episode of teams with edge i am very excited to be welcoming back to the show dot rock Um, Some of you may remember Dot was on the show um, in the first season, and we were talking about imposter syndrome and how you prevent yourself from actually achieving things, all of your upper limits. So this week, Dot and I are going to talk about delegating like a boss. Welcome, Dot. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, As you know, delegating is like one of my favorite topics. Um, it feels like such a dirty word um, that we all avoid. And just yesterday, I was teaching in another community, um, Heather Chauvin's community, and I said, like, why don't we just call this like handing over the baton, or um, as Heather calls it, co-creating. And when we project this big word delegation, it seems very masculine. Um, I think it makes us all actually resist it. So I'm excited to talk about this topic. Yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it. It kind of sounds like it's right up there with like sales and it's Mm -hmm. up there with, yeah, it almost makes it seem like you're not um, being accountable for your work or that you're just trying to like fluff things off onto other people because you don't want to do it. But that's, that's really not the case. So let's get right into it and, you know, tell everyone what your thoughts are on what what's the benefit of delegating let's start there okay well first of all let me just say what what actually the definition of delegation is and delegation means the act of empowering one to act on behalf of another so if i were handing somebody a task or asking them to do it on my behalf i'm really asking them to take ownership and i'm empowering them to do so and so then that makes What that really does is when you think about it from that perspective, 
delegation just becomes an art. And if you can think of it as an art and as a creative process of how you engage somebody and connect with somebody and share your passion, hand it to them and ask them to do a task that doesn't light you up, um, then it doesn't feel like this specific process that absolutely has to be done a certain way in order to get things off your plate. Mm. That's a really interesting way of putting it. And I think it does. I like to, to what you said about empowering other people and, you know, what doesn't light you up and what you don't get joy out of doing may actually, and in your experience, I think you've said this lights up other people. Yeah. And what's so cool about in having a team do things for you and having, you know, people take over a part of your business administration or scheduling is that they are good at it. They have ideas about it that you would never freaking even have. I often get a question. It's one of my most frequent questions from solopreneurs and entrepreneurs is, well, um, so should I do the thing first and figure out how to do it and then hire someone to do it and train them how to do it? Uh, no, why, why would you waste your time figuring out something that somebody else is probably already, um, it might be their zone of genius. It might be their zone of excellence, right? It might be something that they're so good at. You don't need to go from incompetence to competence to teach somebody how to do something to hang, to get it off your plate. So when we empower somebody else to do it, it's, it's, it be, it's no longer a burden that holds us down and keeps our time captive, um, and our energy, it, 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 you're letting it go. Yeah. And I, I do think though, that that's actually like you, you nailed it. And I think that that is one of the reasons why so many solopreneurs or entrepreneurs resist it is actually coming back to a place of fear of if I don't know how to do it, or if they leave me, or if it doesn't work out, I'm going to have a gap. And then right. what? So there's some strategy involved in delegating. There's some strategy involved in figuring out um, and, and talking to that person who, let's say, let's just give, let's say scheduling. I don't know how to use my scheduling software. Um, I don't know how to schedule my clients, but I do know what I want within that. So I hire somebody who's good at that. And we have a meeting and I talk about my why and I talk about my business and why it's important in certain capacity. And then they go, oh, great. I have an idea. We could do this, this and this. Right. And then we come up with a process together. Well, then the key step is to document that process. Mm. Ask that person that you just hired. Can we write this down in a step by step approach so that we see what's happening here and that that is then a transferable document to the next person you hire or, or just in steps in refining that process. But that's a habit, right? Going back to that document and continually updating and making sure it's refined is a habit that has to be built into a business. Yeah. Well, and you also said in there too, about taking the time to sit down with this new person and you know, talk to them about your business, talk to them about what works for you and what you need to see. I think that's, you know, hugely important. 
But that's also where that co-creation comes in, right? So now they understand why they're doing the important work for you that you need them to do. And they're helping you create a better way to do it. Well, and it's also, quite frankly, let's be real. It's an ego drop. If you hire somebody to do something for you, you are leaving your ego at the doorstep because you're saying, hey, I'm not good at this. This doesn't actually light me up. You say you're good at this. Your references say you're good at this. I'm going to receive the support from you, let go of my ego and realize that somebody else has mastered the art of scheduling or social media marketing, right? And and it's okay for me to not be perfect and do everything and do it all. Yeah. It's okay also for you to not want to do it. It's okay to not want to do your own laundry. Yes. I, right? I like... <laughs> If, if anyone, my wife's listening to this, she's thinking you better not admit that you do laundry because you don't. Um, Did she do it all? She does it all. It's amazing. Benefit to be married to a woman. Yes. Someone else who enjoys yeah. it. She loves it. She loves my, it. But my that's husband the thing. does most of ours. <laughs> right? You find the people. That's the thing. If it actually like brings them joy and it doesn't bring you joy, let go of it. And I think that that's you know, such a thing too, is like, let go of the guilt that comes along with not wanting to do it. Cause that's been, that's been something that in the past held me back, you know, even from household things, but also from my business is I kind of felt guilty. Like, well, I started this business. I should know how to do it. Or I should, I should be running this business. And it took me a bit to understand that I can drop the guilt of not wanting to do my own invoicing or drop the guilt of me not wanting to manage my social media. And that's okay. Well, I mean, so often I find that people are really comfortable dropping the guilt about not doing bookkeeping or accounting Mm -hmm. because, you know, you and I have talked about this before because it is, it seems like there's too much at risk you could get in legal trouble. So you just don't touch doing that, um, which is great. But it really reminds me of, you know, when I had a brand new baby and I thought there was a right way to put the baby to sleep or a wrong or, you know, a right way to feed the baby or, you know, breastfeeding versus ner- versus formula. And, and as a parent, you start to learn over time, like there's no right answer for anyone every kid is different and it changes over time Mm -hmm. we should incorporate those lessons into our business and say hey um i'm just gonna drop the story and the judgment that i'm not good enough because i don't want to mess up yeah mess up or you know like have you ever had a job actually in the corporate world where you were expected to do absolutely everything, the billing, the, um, invoicing, the paying the bills, the scheduling, the getting new business coming in the marketing. No, No. the business you worked for had those pieces 
partials out. Yep. That's such a good point too. And I think, you know, everyone who's listening, you know, you can, you can see that we've all worked for different places and you can see the different roles you held. So I do challenge, you know, all of our entrepreneurs and solopreneurs who are listening to say like, why can't you do that? And if the first thing that comes to your head is money or time, you know, you definitely also have to challenge that story. And I know Dot, you talk about that a lot too, is it's actually going to free up your time and it's going to help you make more money. Well, I mean, it's, it's to me, not just about time, but it's about energy. Right. And when we have so much spinning and so much to do and so much to think about you, you take it from, you make, you make this business 10,000 feet wide and a half inch deep. And what do I want in my business is depth and connection and creativity and, you know, this impact that I want to have and create and have other people experience the life of freedom that I have because I scaled my business, right? And so I want to share that. But if I allow myself to go down the rabbit hole of doing it all all I do is I spread myself thin my time but more so my energy because there's never any spot in my life where there's not something to think about mm-hmm. it's like yeah. it's like having an addiction to busy yes. when you do it all in your business yes I think that's the that culture of being addicted to busy and wearing it like a badge of honor. I'm, you know, I talk about that and, and ditching that, but also that culture of complaining about how busy you are, right? And yeah. complaining that you don't have the support. So let's say, you know, you now have the people hired, you have someone that you are prepared and willing and ready to delegate to. So sometimes the way that we see this show up is in one of two ways, typically Um, an actual employee who you now have on payroll and is a part of your team, or the other way to do it is someone who is contracting out their services. So let's chat about the difference. And if there's a big difference between the two ways to, to delegate or bring on help. Okay, so when when we hire support, when we hire contract people versus when we hire employees, no, the steps would be the same in delegating a task. But what is different is our relationships, right? Like sometimes we feel like we hire somebody to do our marketing. They're going to just take care of it all. Um, that's not true. How would they know anything about your marketing, right? And so that, uh, I think we forget about the time investment and connection investment needed to grow that, to continue to foster that, to fertilize that, right? To share our whys with our marketing person or our admin girl. Um, And that part is so vital still. And I think what's happening is people get afraid that they're paying someone on an hourly basis to do admin. 
and it should only take 30 minutes, not reasonable. Um, and that they just want to pay for that. Well, you can hire people who do those things for you. You can get virtual assistants who work in other countries for a very low pay in our world. But you will be missing the connection. You will be missing the creative creativity, the strategy together. And that part is just as vital when we hire a virtual assistant or contract employee as it is when we hire an employee. We just tend to build that in better when we hire a full-time employee. We're like, oh yeah, we got to invest in team building and, um, you know, hey, how was your weekend coffee? Mm -hmm. You know, coffee chat is real. It should still be real as an entrepreneur. Yeah. When you and, and I've had, so I have a mix on my team. I have, you know, one employee and then I have several other contractors and I am super conscious of constantly referring to everyone as on my team. Yep. And because I've also been on the other side of it. So I am, my services are contracted out to other people and the relationships where I feel like just a service provider and I'm not included in anything else with their team or even given the time in someone's calendar to ask for approvals or run something by them um, where I'm not even thanked, right? It happens all the time because people think, well, I'm paying you why would I thank you? Or yeah, like there's been, I've learned a lot actually from being a contracted out service so that when I do it to other people and I have them on my team, I'm super aware, but you know, so that's me and how I do things. But I think that that's a, a huge gap sometimes in people's understanding is when you hire someone on contract, you still need to invest that time. You need to get them on board and understand, you know, your goals, your why, um, your brand, and you need to, at least at the very beginning, make time for them until you know, and until they're comfortable going, okay, I get this. Like, I know your voice now. I know when you have capacity in your calendar, I know what I can go ahead and push through versus what we need to get approvals on. Like you still have to develop that relationship. It's just right. one's on payroll and one's not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's still, it's still a business expense one way or the other. And when we forget about the relationship component of, of life and our, mm-hmm. you know, um, connections with our team, it, it just crumbles. You can't forget about the relationship. It would be like going out to dinner with your wife and not saying, how are you doing? You know? Yeah. So did you get the dishes done and the laundry done? What are you ordering for dinner? Like, I mean, that just feels horrible. Why do we project that into our businesses and say like, did you get the emails done? How's that going? Like, what about like, hey, how's your husband doing? How's, how's 
How are your kids? How was your weekend? Yeah. Just getting to know people on a more human Mm -hmm. and personal level. And And, and that goes for both employees and contractors. Yeah. And then, I mean, there will be times when it's not working, when feedback is needed and Mm -hmm. a hard conversation has to happen. You have to have built the trust bank of relationship and connection in order to have those hard conversations with compassion and connection. Yeah. And I think it's going to be better received if you're right, if the trust has been built up and the engagement has been built up and you know that every time you're having a conversation, it isn't hard or negative, that there's a whole lot of other positives that have been developed over time. Mm-hmm. I do think that one of the biggest myths for so many entrepreneurs, whether you're hiring a team or um, a contract is, you know, do you still need to spend time in training? Is there a difference between training contractor versus training an employee? Um. Well, again, I think it goes back to our perceived relationship with time. Mm. When we have an employee and we hire an employee, do you expect them to show up at work and know how to do all the things or know where the bathroom is or know who your client base is or any of those things? No, we see them, we touch them. We might sit next to them, right? We think about like, oh yeah, oh, he didn't even know. Hey, crazy crazy Gil is coming today she's the loudest customer ever we to experience her right like I mean you people aren't aren't going to know everything and so when we hire virtual we for some reason like forget that there's a lot of onboarding and training to do and that it won't um, happen overnight so people Mm -hmm. are like well that's why I should just keep doing it myself because I don't have time to train well you don't have time not to train if you want your life to have freedom and peace and, you know, to stop being a martyr and telling yourself that you're the one who has to do everything. Right. So yeah, when we hire people, we do need to train them, but why not again, flip the script and say, I get the opportunity to have a connection and relationship with this person that I hired and you know, they're part of my daily joy factor. And I'm going to share my impact, my business with them and let them share their passions and their skill set with me to help my business grow, to help this impact spread, right? Like just flip the script. It's not about time. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you say it, you say it so like eloquently and, and it makes so much sense that you are actually doing people not a favor, but you are spreading your impact and you're bringing someone else, whether it's a contract or employee into your business. And they also now get to have an impact on your clients' lives as well. Um, one of the pieces that sometimes I personally have struggled with is that differentiating between delegating and delegating and letting go versus training and trying not to micromanage. 
And I think that there's such a huge, again, that's a story. And I am so careful not to micromanage that I do think I tend to have a tendency of they'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, you're either a helicopter mom or you're not, and you're not going to change, you know, a duck is a duck. If it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck. So it's not, it's not an elephant. Right. And so we all are more micromanagers or less or, or more hands-off and the same we are as parents. Right. But I think what's really key is when we talk about delegating, here's where the strategy comes in. Here's where it matters to think about, am I delegating? So there's four steps to delegating and we, it's, you assign a task, you assign the responsibility, you ask them to own the results and you assign the outcome. Mm. Right. And so when we don't do that, um, is when we are probably training and micromanaging. And now when you bring somebody on board, you do not automatically delegate. You That's interesting. Don't. So when do you, when do you start? Well, you start, you start, you gotta, you gotta teach them about your business. You've got to onboard them to your um, processes and your brand, your why, that impact, right? Like a big part of this is when people lose sight of the clarity of their business and they forget to share that with the people mm-hmm. that they hire. So that has to be passed on. And then you, I, I to start delegating, give a small project with outcome that isn't consequential to my revenue, right? Like, hey, can you go in and set some rules in my email and move things to folders. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm not very good at it. So I'm not going to tell you step-by-step step how to do that in Google. There's probably a couple different ways to do it. That's shame. Um, and, uh, you know, you just have to know that it takes some time to, to pass the baton, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just kind of running next to the person for a little bit as you train them and get to know them, give them this little project, inconsequential results, and then give some feedback and see how it goes so that you can build that relationship enough to say, hey, do you feel like you're ready to take this on? These are the parameters that I need. This is when I need it by. Can you own the outcome? But I'm not going to tell you all of the steps to do. Now, there may be certain steps that are crucial that you need to share, right? Yeah. But how they get from point A to point B and how they succeed is actually where they learn. And when they fail is when we true when they truly learn how to do something. And when you allow people to fail in your business is when you are truly delegating, you get to own the outcome. This is what I need. And then maybe they don't, maybe the outcome isn't what you hoped it would be. Then you have a conversation Mm -hmm. and then you try again, right? Like actually that didn't work because, and that's where we have fear as small business. Well, then that's why I should do it myself. I don't want failure. Well, Either you're going to do it all, all by yourself forever, burn out, be exhausted, decide to go back to the corporate world because you just can't handle it because you never got a vacation, or you're going to step into accepting some level of mediocrity 
in your business because not everything is going to be done exactly how you would do it. But oftentimes, instead of getting mediocre, the people give us better results than we would of ourselves mm-hmm. because they're working in an area that lights them up, that didn't yeah. light us up. And they want to make you happy, right? They want to make you proud. They want to know, you know, my team is always saying to me, you know, what else can I take off your plate? What else can I do for you? And, you know, they want to be of service to me. And I actually do them a disservice when I hold things back. Or Mm -hmm. I think that I'm the only one who can do things. Now, a learning for me through, you know, hiring and bringing different people on board is just, you know, that consistency of making sure that, okay, they're going to potentially, you know, write some emails to clients or write some scripts or, um, you know, help book venues or things like that for client appreciation events. But that that's on them. I might need to at first, you know, just double check and make sure that it still sounds like, you know, the company, the brand is okay. And then once they do it a few times, that's where I'm like happy to let go. I do find that another obstacle that entrepreneurs face is constantly hiring and firing, right? So they bring someone new on, it doesn't work out, they let that person go, and then they start over again, which causes a bunch of gaps. But also, they're, they're not actually delegating because they still have to approve everything. Or their team is asking them to still approve everything. So something right. happens in there. So that is where we're not really letting them own it. Right. Like that was the ownership component. So you choose a small task, you hand it to the right person. You know, what you just said was that what, what flagged in my brain is that, well, if you're constantly rehiring, you're not high, your hiring process needs some work. Mm-hmm. Your interviewing process needs some work and your onboarding process needs some work. It's not usually them. It's actually usually us. If we keep encountering the same issue, you know, even in relationships, guess what? The reason you got divorced last time, you're probably going to deal with the exact same issue in your current relationship. We don't leave issues in prior relationships. We carry them with us because they're ours. There are triggers, right? There are things to take care of and it's to the same in a business. And so, you know, if you're delegating properly, what you're doing is you're choosing the right person to give that small task to or that task to. And then you're setting clear objectives and creating a plan and a timeline together. And then you're handing it off and asking them if they understand it. That's key. Like, do you understand what questions do you have? What are your thoughts about this? Have some connection and curiosity in that handoff, right? And then monitor the delegation a little bit. Like check in, like, hey, we said we'd check in on this in a week. Let me know in between if you're stuck. Um, I'm happy to help. But I, this, I still expect this to get done by X amount. You know, if you're having problems, let me know. Um, 
And then is when we wait to hear from them, let it go. Um, right, every then, urge you have to meddle and get involved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just let it go and then give some constructive feedback at the end, like decide that, hey, I'm gonna give you this project and this task. Here's the timeline we came up with. Here's our question and answers, answer section here's when we're going to like have our we agree upon having these check-ins mm -hmm. um understanding that things don't always go as planned in fact they almost always go Early. as they should, yeah. not how we plan um and that you know we're human and we're going to deal with that as it comes and then have say at the end of this let's we're also planning to check in to talk about how it went and how it could have gone better because if on your end as the entrepreneur you're frustrated and you don't think they did it blah 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 blah. what do you think it's like on their end it might mm -hmm. be like they didn't give me enough information she said she was going to send me the list of emails to compile but she sent them to me the night before and didn't she's last minute and didn't give me enough time right like there's something on their end too that could have worked better. That's because of you. Yeah. And be open to that feedback as well. Right. So if you, you know, I actually just had this conversation with a former client of, you know, wanting them wanting to have us receive a lot of feedback, but also it goes both ways, right? They need to be open as well to receiving feedback. And, and I think that that would actually be another really good uh, conversation for you and I to have another time yeah. about, you know, giving and receiving feedback and navigating what, you know, some people say are those uncomfortable conversations, but just really creating that space and being thoughtful in giving giving your honest feedback Absolutely. about how it worked or didn't work and be open to hearing it about you too. I mean, feedback is truly a gift. And mm -hmm. I have found so often, you know, I was an HR director for a long time um, and had a lot of employee issues to deal with. And the reality was, is people don't, want to be having those com hard conversations but when you do acknowledge and have the hard conversation and tell people you believe in them and and say like this is my boundary if you can meet that we can continue to have this relationship but if not you can't work here anymore right like mm -hmm. that's just kindness yeah yeah, I totally get that. I totally get that. And I think, you know, at, for anyone out there who's, you know, feeling overwhelmed, feeling burnt out, this is a symptom of not delegating and not having the resources um, of trying to do it all in your business. And, you know, even for those, I think, I think I hear actually more from people who are working in corporate who have one or two of those roles, but they're also burnt out and they're overwhelmed because more keeps getting put on their plate mm -hmm. without new folks being hired. 
Right. And so I would argue that that burnout is actually because so more is being put on their plate, but it's probably more things that don't light them up. I think that people experience burnout on the highest levels when they're doing things that don't light them up, right? When they're trying to do everything or they're expected to do everything, um, it really comes back to, well, it doesn't even make me feel alive when I do that. In fact, it drains me. So now it takes me extra long time to do that. Um, and and there are things, I think like the reality is there are things that sometimes we have to do that we don't love. Sure. But when we minimize those, right. Mm -hmm. So I just had this conversation yesterday where I said, well, you can make a list of all the, wouldn't it be nice if I didn't do these tasks. And then you see this list and it's huge. And like, how could I ever outsource all this? Well, the reality is you start outsourcing a few things, Mm -hmm. whether it's in your personal life or your professional life. One of those things for me forever was laundry. And what I found is as I outsourced other things in my life, you know, had a cleaning lady and did some other things differently in my life, I didn't actually need to outsource laundry because now I've realized that putting some earbuds in and going to my room and getting away from the loud chaos of all these boys in my house and listening to a book on tape is kind of lovely. Yeah. And now while you do your laundry, I'm doing some laundry, yeah. right? Now we also do some family time laundry where we're teaching the kids how to fold laundry, right? And so it's it's approachable now, though, because I took other things off my plate, yeah. and I didn't absolutely have to not do all the things I don't like to do. But if I minimize some of those bigger leaks then I have the energy for some of the stuff that's not yeah. like the world's greatest thing in my life. But if we could all really truly commit to working more in our zone of genius and doing the things that light us up and getting the other things off our plate, that's when revenue and profits exponentially increase to truly scale your business without in- increasing inputs, but um, by balancing out what you have and bringing in more abundance. Yeah, I think Gay Hendricks actually in the book, The Big Leap or his follow-up book actually says there's a bit of a ratio, right? Of trying to be at that 70 or 80% in your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. And then that way, the rest of the time, you know, you're able to manage the things that you don't necessarily love, but you're so good at, and it's very accomplishable. It's not things you 100% can't do. But it's so much easier when your cup is full with, you know, being in your zone of genius for the majority of your life. Absolutely. And, you know, I just wrote a blog post about this on my um, Dot Rock consulting blog, where I talked about the fact that sometimes people, Oftentimes, actually, entrepreneurs come to me and they're like, I'm overwhelmed, I'm burnt out, I've been doing it all, blah, 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 what do I do? Who do I hire, right? They're finally coming to me because they're actually ready to hire. And I say, I want you to take three days off. I want you to go to do what you love. Do their minds explode right in front of you? Because your mind's exploding. (laughs) I can't help you hire right now. Mm -hmm. You need to go do what lights you up and find a way to reground and feel alive for a couple of days. And like at least release that intense tension 
so that we can have a conversation and it can get us somewhere and I can help you hire and I can understand Mm -hmm. what to get off your plate. But if you don't feel, if you're absolutely at the end of your rope, you actually need to go be in nature if that's what it is for you. Excessively exercise, go to a spa, lock yourself in your closet for a day, you know, sleep all day and binge on Netflix. I don't know what it is for you that makes you feel regrounded and alive. Like you can conquer the world. Do that. Go dance and then tackle, say like, okay, I accept that this is cluttered. I need to do some clearing. And part of that is to hire and get some stuff off my plate. Now I'm going to reach out for support for that. Right. But when we, that our zone of genius is not accessible if we don't aren't connected to ourselves and to what makes us feel alive and if we've denied that for so long you got to go find it (laughs) go find that thing again yeah and I think too you know you also fall into the trap if you're trying to hire when you're at your wits end you're making impulsive decisions and that's likely why you're not hiring the right person. Oh, yeah. Right? Of course. You're, it's super you're, impulsive. You're just looking for a warm body. You're not looking for the right fit. No, you're coming at it from a place of lack and mm. instead of a place of abundance. And you just don't want to hire out of lack. You don't want to hire out of, I don't have enough time to do this. You want to hire out of, it doesn't bring me joy to do this. Right. That feels really different mm-hmm. than. I can't do it all, or I don't want to do it all. Okay, well. Yeah, what do you want? What do you want? Like, I want to, like, really come from a place of empowerment and stating what you want in your business. Yeah. Dot, this has been awesome. I I really love, you know, how you can break down so many big barriers that hold entrepreneurs and and leaders back into, you know, small bite-sized pieces and delegating is a skill. It's a habit to create. It's a skill to learn. It's something that regardless of whether or not you own your own business or you're working and managing people within a business that you can absolutely master if you give yourself a chance to learn it. So Dot, thank you. Where can people learn more and and what else do you have coming up? So coming up, I am having my next hiring bootcamp is on people. There's a wait list. It's going to be in January. So those are 30 day sprints to hire um, and start delegating, hire and interview and, and onboard your team or just maybe even your first hire. So that's one option that I have for people. I also today, which it's, you know, when recording this is October 27th. I don't know when you're gonna go live with this, but I just released a free virtual assistant training, how to hire your first virtual assistant. So people can head over to my website and get access to that um, and kind of just start approaching what that would look like for them. And then think about hiring support to actually implement that. And then right now I also have a like mini session that people can hire one hour of my time. I think it's $147 to do an hour of strategy with me and you get 
somebody told me just yesterday, they were like, I feel guilty about how much strategy you gave me for that amount of money in an hour. And I'm like, that's the point. Like I can give you the strategy quickly. Yep. Um, you just have to implement it. But the work, the work yeah. for all of this lies in the accountability, implementing it, not letting your mindset stuff get in the way and actually creating the habits because things like delegating and hiring, they're muscles you can flex and they're habits you can create, but it helps to have somebody guide you how to do that mm-hmm. um, so that that's, comes easy. Yeah, absolutely. So I will make sure I put a link to your website in the show notes um, so everyone can download the free tool and absolutely get on uh, the wait list for January. I'm sure you'll be doing more throughout 2022. Um, So make 2022, set yourself an intention right now that you're going to hire and you're going to hire properly and you're actually going to make delegation work for you and your business. And I think it's all about like committing to what do you, what's the end goal? Do you want to be able to go on vacation and just be present with your family? What, what do you want to feel like? Do you want to have peace and feel alive and not feel like the weight of the world is on you? Then you want to commit to hiring and delegating and those things. Right. But, or do you want to, I mean, Maybe you just want to keep up with the hustle and the grit, but at least acknowledge that that's what you're choosing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a choice. Absolutely. Thank you, Dot. And uh, let's do this again soon. Okay. Sounds great. I love connecting with you, Ashley. Thanks. What might be holding you back from becoming the leader you know you can be? Whether it's conflicting priorities, time, or maybe you just need a little guidance. There's hope. You can do it. If you're interested in creating a team that thrives, reach out. Let's chat about what we can do together. I'd also love to hear from you about this podcast, about your challenges and successes as a leader. We can learn together how to inspire each other and build the culture we want in our work and ultimately our lives. So connect with me through Instagram. You can find me at Ashley. A-S-H-L-E-E dot Livingstone, L-I-V-I-N-G-S-T-O-N-E, or reach out by email at ashley at ourforte.ca. And remember, there's always two E's at the end of my name.